Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. First, on every single tier, you get completely ad-free episodes. And you get a say in what topics I cover on my podcasts. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by, with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you, and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20 plus, you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. And I'd like to say welcome to the newest patron of the podcast, Mike Sullivan. As we're in the Queen's Platinum Jubilee year... Many Canadians have looked back at the visits Queen Elizabeth II has made to Canada during her reign. In all, she has made 22 official visits as Queen. Today, I thought it would be interesting to look at the first visit, when she wasn't even Queen yet. It was back in 1951, from October to November, that Queen Elizabeth, the Duchess of Edinburgh, arrived in Canada with her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, on a tour she was taking on behalf of her father. Just over a decade earlier, in 1939, her father and mother had come to Canada on the first ever royal tour of Canada. I covered that in a previous episode, and it was one of the biggest events in Canadian history to that point. While the visit of Princess Elizabeth would not be on the same level as that visit, it would become an important moment in Canadian history. When her parents arrived, Canada was leaving the Great Depression and about to enter the Second World War. This time, Canada was six years out from the Second World War, but was involved in the Korean War, but it was starting to enter a time of prosperity, when Canada started to become the country we know today. In early July 1951, it was announced in a statement that the Princess and Prince Philip would be coming to Canada for a tour of the country. In Canada, this announcement was completely unexpected. The Ottawa Citizen stated on July 5, 1951, quote, Yesterday's announcement by Prime Minister St. Laurent that a royal tour was planned for October came as a distinct surprise. There had been no previous intimation that such a visit would be made this year. It is taken for granted that in addition to coming to Ottawa, they will visit such major centres as Montreal, Toronto, some of the western cities, and Vancouver, end quote. St. Laurent would state, quote, 
Their royal highnesses have expressed the hope that their first visit to Canada, to which they are looking forward with keen anticipation, will be kept as simple as possible, having regard to the circumstances of their times, and I know that their wishes will be respected. End quote. Unlike Prime Minister William Lyne Mackenzie King, Saint Laurent would not spend the entire tour with the royal couple, instead focusing on various cities and spending the early days with them in Quebec and Ottawa. For Princess Elizabeth, there had been a long wish to come to Canada. She and her sister, Princess Margaret, were apparently quite disappointed when they were left behind in England while their parents toured Canada in 1939. Upon the return home of the King and Queen, Princess Elizabeth, then 13, would pore over the scrapbooks and photographs of the trip. The invitation had actually come about because the Secretary of State for External Affairs, Lester B. Pearson, had invited the couple to come to Canada. Governor General Harold Alexander, who was in London at the time, also aided in extending the invitation to the royal couple to come to Canada. I actually looked at the life of Harold Alexander yesterday on From John to Justin, so be sure to check it out. Pearson would become a travel agent of sorts to the planning of the royal tour. He would show them a large map of Canada and mark tentative routes in red, blue, and black lines for plane, train, and ship journeys. Walter Johnson, the Canadian National Railway publicity chief, who had worked out press arrangements for every royal visit to Canada since 1924, also came out of retirement to help plan this new tour. The royal couple, for their part, just wanted a simple trip. No cornerstones, no university degrees, no long discourses of their own as possible. The motto of keep it simple was often spoken. The couple also wouldn't get all the requests, but the trip was toned down to accommodate what they were hoping to do. One request Princess Elizabeth had was that school children be given the opportunity to participate in any public gathering arranged for the royal couple. In the 1939 rural tour, one car was used to transport the royal couple through various cities. For this royal tour, 60 cars were used with Ford, Chrysler and General Motors each providing 20 cars each. Six cars were assigned to each of Canada's 10 provinces and half would be open top while half would not. At the last moment, the tour was almost cancelled as Princess Elizabeth's father, King George, fell ill and many wondered if he was going to survive. In mid-September 1951, he would have a lung removed in an operation and Princess Elizabeth stated that she wanted to stay by his side. As he improved, the tour was once again back on, just one week later than originally planned. On October 8th at 11.40 a.m., the couple arrived in their plane at the Montreal airport, where they were greeted by Governor General Harold Alexander, Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent, and several cabinet ministers. Around the airport, 25,000 people were waiting to see a glimpse of the couple. Landing at Dorval Airport ahead of schedule, the Stratocruiser Canopus completes her 3,000 miles flight from London. The Guard of Honour comes to attention, and a great cheer greets Princess Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh as they disembark. As Governor-General, Field Marshal Lord Alexander is first to extend Canada's welcome. And then Monsieur Saint Laurent, the Prime Minister. Now 
the princess walks to a platform where the 60,000 crowd can see her as her standard flies for the first time on Canadian soil. Next, escorted by Flight Lieutenant Roy, she inspects the 100-strong Guard of Honour mounted by the Royal Canadian Air Force. Then, before leaving the airport, the royal couple say farewell to the crew of Canopus, starting with Captain Jones. The princess, incidentally, is Grand Master of the Guild of Pilots. Now it's time to drive to a little siding and board the royal train, which is to take them to Quebec, where the tour proper begins. During their visit, they'll cover 18,000 miles, 7,000 more than the King and Queen did in 1939. As Princess Elizabeth and the Duke board the 10-coach train, which will be their home for much of the trip, the rain-drenched but happy crowd fairly lets itself go. There's no doubt about Canada's welcome, and it must have been a thrilled princess who telephoned to London a few hours later to report, all's well. At a state dinner the next evening, Quebec Premier Duplessis would state, quote, The majority of the people of the province of Quebec are Canadians of French origin. They have for centuries been faithful to the crown, recognizing it as a symbol of authority and freedom. End quote. Princess Elizabeth would state in reply, quote, When I first set foot on Canadian soil, I knew myself to be not only amongst friends, but amongst fellow countrymen. End quote. At Quebec City, the royal couple were greeted by thousands of people as a royal salute of 21 guns boomed out as Princess Elizabeth walked the red carpet from the train to the dock. She would say in a speech, quote, I felt, as I think must always be the case for one who comes for the first time across the Atlantic to the New World, not only wonder and excitement, but also a feeling of strangeness, the strangeness of the unknown, End quote. Quebec, Canada's oldest city, where thousands of French colonists settled in the 17th and 18th centuries, and which for 150 years proudly flew the fleur-de-lis, Today, a royal train arrives at Wolf's Cove, and the name that conjures up once bitter memories becomes the symbol of Anglo-Canadian unity as Princess Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh take Quebec by storm. It pleased the cheering crowds to see, while the princess inspected the Guard of Honour, the diamond maple leaf brooch on her shoulder, which had been a present to her mother during the royal tour in 1939. <laughs> Royal visitors then leave for the Parliament buildings for the day's first function, and the welcome continues as Quebec, the capital of French-speaking Canada, takes the princess to its heart. Arriving at the Parliament buildings where the princess and the duke were to meet provincial dignitaries in the beautiful chamber of the Legislative Assembly, before signing the Golden Book reserved for distinguished guests. After an impressive ceremony, the royal couple leave and are quickly surrounded by a group of smiling nurses who pay their own admiring tribute. Through the quaint old city with its constant reminders of those early French settlers, the royal car makes its way to the Laval University, built for Catholic students. General Wolfe captured this historic bastion nearly 200 years ago by cannon. But today, our princess captures the hearts of its citizens with her charm. In a crowded day, the royal tourists next drove to the ancient citadel, Princess inspected one of the oldest Canadian regiments, the Regiment de la Chaudière, of which she is Colonel-in-Chief. After lunch with the Lieutenant Governor, Princess Elizabeth and Prince Philip drove to the historic Plains of Abraham for one of the largest military parades in Quebec's history. Then the Princess takes the salute as men of the 27th Infantry Brigade march past Her Royal Highness. 
The brigade, which soon leaves for Germany, was formed earlier this year as a contribution to the North Atlantic Defense Force. On October 10th, Princess Elizabeth arrived at Ottawa on a CNR train where the 30th Field Battery gave her a 21-gun salute. The Ottawa Evening Citizen wrote, quote, It was love at first sight. A radiant and beautiful woman, she was the storybook princess come to life. As for the prince, tall, blonde, handsome, he was a man's man, end quote. Like in Montreal, 25,000 people were on hand to welcome them to the city. Across the city, the Union Jack was on display, except at the Soviet Embassy. At the Holden Manufacturing Company, the largest Union Jack in the world, five stories in length, was displayed. At Lansdowne Park, 14,000 children had assembled to greet the couple, along with Mayor Charlotte Witten and city councillors. At Confederation Square, another 50,000 people were on hand, some who'd been there since the previous morning to get the best place to stand. With some time to spare, Prince Philip would visit the National Research Council to speak with the scientists there. He would say, quote, From the National and Provincial Research Councils through the associate committees, a simple and effective pattern exists for getting problems to the right research worker and the right answer back to the people who need it, end quote. The couple would then have lunch at 24 Sussex with Prime Minister Laurent, and they were given a tour of the House of Commons. Princess Elizabeth would then ascend to the top of the Peace Tower, which she said gave her a better view than the one from the Eiffel Tower. They would also enjoy a lunch with Mayor Charlotte Witten. The menu was specifically made to have something from each province in Canada. There was cream of peas from Quebec, salmon from Newfoundland, elk from Alberta, grouse from Saskatchewan, wild rice from Manitoba, cheese from Ontario, oysters from Prince Edward Island in Nova Scotia, maple chantilly from New Brunswick, and candied fruits from British Columbia. Before I continue, I want to chat about a fantastic podcast called The Smile Syndicate Music Hour. It's a great Canadian podcast. It's been running since 2015. It involves Jason and Miss Elizabeth presenting music and comedy in a variety show format. They tell stories about characters and events in the fictional town of Smileton, which is the podcasting capital of the world, and they present regular segments including the Acousticope Horoscope, and it's a fun, uplifting hour of entertainment. Check it out. They have almost 300 episodes. It's been running for quite a while, and you know what? Support a great Canadian podcast because we're all in this together. We're all working to get Canada on the map in a variety of ways, and the Smile Syndicate Music Hour is one that's been doing it for even longer than I have, so check them out. I'll have a link to their website in my show notes. During the visit to Parliament Hill, Prince Philip saw Philip Conowal, who had been hired as a janitor there by Prime Minister William Lyne Mackenzie King. The prince had seen the Victoria Cross ribbon on Conowal's coat. Conowal had been awarded the Victoria Cross for his actions at the Battle of Hill 70 in the First World War, so the prince took some time to speak with him about his experience. So we come to Ottawa. Canada's capital city. While they were here, the royal couple stayed at Rideau Hall, the home of the Governor-General, Viscount Alexander, who welcomed them. They drove to Parliament Hill to see the Houses of Parliament and the Peace Tower. And then, while in Ottawa, on behalf of a group of Canadian club women, Princess Elizabeth presented Queen Mary's carpet to Canada. And I'm sure this must have been a mission dear to the heart of the princess. 
The carpet had been sold in Canada to raise dollars for Britain. You have asked me to hand into the keeping of the National Gallery the embroidered carpet which my grandmother, Queen Mary, has made with her own hand and which is lasting evidence of her unrivaled skill and artistry. I am very pleased that the carpet is to find its home here in Ottawa because I know that you will value it not only as a work of art but also as a personal link with my father's house. It is therefore with great pleasure, Mr. Massey, that I hand it into your keeping. The next day, the couple took a cruise along the Ottawa River on a ship dubbed the Royal Barge. Two RCAF boats preceded the barge, while two RCN boats followed it. Another 25 pleasure boats supplied by the Ottawa Power Boat Association accompanied the boat down the river. The Sioux Star would describe the scene of the royal couple traveling down the Ottawa River, which was the same river her great-grandfather, the future Edward VII, traveled down in 1860 when he was the Prince of Wales. The Sioux Star wrote, quote, Dozens of smaller boats got into the act unofficially. Thousands of people watched from the shores, from bridges, and from the cliffs overlooking the broad river. The royal couple, both happy to get this outing, went down the river on the Ontario side and back up the Quebec side, their boat the center of a diamond-shaped formation headed by four crash boats of the Navy and Air Force, end quote. Upon leaving Ottawa, Princess Elizabeth would say, quote, my husband and I will never forget the golden beauty of Ottawa as we have seen it today and yesterday, but still more shall we remember the wonderful and inspired welcome given by its citizens. End quote. For Princess Elizabeth, the tour was the first major tour of her life, and there were some accounts that said she was feeling overwhelmed by it. The Sioux Star wrote, quote, So Princess Elizabeth acts sometimes as though she was mentally pinching herself to make sure she isn't dreaming. She forgets to smile. Occasionally, she looks hesitant, sometimes even a bit scared, sometimes just shy. She turns to her husband and he grins and she is all right again, end quote. Through the journey, Captain Stuart Cohen, who had 5,000 hours as a pilot and was a former pilot for a torpedo bomber during the Second World War, was the man who flew the plane for the princess around the country. The Royal Canadian Air Force would also fly a spare plane in case they needed to use it due to mechanical problems with the first plane. In Kingston, the couple retreated to a visit at the Royal Military College as 350 officers marched past the couple to welcome them to the community. They would review the ranks while also being greeted by thousands of residents who lined the streets during their trip to the school. At one point, a dog ran through the line with a Union Jack tied to its tail. A woman from New York who was in Kingston reporting would also ask a person from Kingston, quote, Is this the capital of Ontario? End quote. She was then told, quote, No. This is the capital of the world, end quote. At Iroquois, 2,500 people were there to watch the train pass by the station, even though Princess Elizabeth did not appear, but Prince Philip did, waving from the window. At Prescott, 4,000 people waited for the royal couple to pass by. This time, they were treated to both Elizabeth and Philip, who waved to the crowd as the train slowed to a crawl before moving on to its next destination. Elizabeth would also visit Belleville, where she met with indigenous leaders who showed her a plate that had been given to the tribe in 1714 by Queen Anne. The royal couple then walked past the crowd of 15,000 people, 6,000 of them children. 
On October 12th, Princess Elizabeth and Prince Philip reached Toronto, where 300,000 people gave the couple a tremendous welcome as they were driven from the airport to City Hall. At City Hall, she was greeted by Mayor Hiram McCallum, and she would read a register, pay her respects to Toronto's war dead, and attend a civic reception. The Sioux Star described the immense crowd, quote, Princess Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh, hardly able to believe what they saw, told intimates they were thrilled, that never had they seen what they saw here. It dazed 3,000 people who said they had never anticipated anything like it. It boomed well beyond 1.2 million the number of Canadians who have seen the royal couple since their arrival in Montreal Monday. Even made Santa Claus look like a piker. Police said the princess outdrew Toronto's famed annual Santa Claus parade at least two to one, end quote. At the Canadian National Exhibition Grandstand, 30,000 children were on hand to see the couple. By air next to Toronto, capital city of Ontario. Decked in gay colors for the welcome, with flags and decorations in every street. As the colors go up, the excitement of the children is rising, for it is to be a great event for the children. And as one eager youngster recalls the day, Daddy says he had to hold me up to see the king and queen when they were here, but keepers, I was only two. I'm 14 now, and honestly, I've never seen so much excitement. Every last person in Toronto must have been out to see Elizabeth and Philip go by. It was a gorgeous day, and they were sitting in the back of the slickest convertible where you could really see them. Us kids, I mean we kids, were all up in the exhibition grandstand, 35,000 of it. And when they came along and smiled and waved, looking so simply glorious, did we ever cheer? heroes who'd won the Victoria Cross went up to shake hands, we quieted down a little. That's the highest medal you can get, and there were seven of them, all from Ontario. It made us feel kind of proud. terrific with the flags and the uniforms and all. It was such a warm day. I felt sorry for the grenadiers. They must have melted. Daddy said it was too hot even for a man in his bear skin. The couple would spend two days in Toronto total, during which time they attended a hockey game at Maple Leaf Gardens. But this wasn't a normal hockey game. The Leafs were supposed to play the Chicago Blackhawks that night to kick off the 1951-52 season, having won the Stanley Cup the previous season. There wasn't enough time in the itinerary for the princess to attend the game in the evening, so to accommodate this, a 15-minute exhibition game was played for the benefit of Prince Elizabeth and Prince Philip. The game started at 3pm and ended at 3.15pm. Proceeds from the mini-game were then given to the Crippled Children's Fund, the favourite charity of Con Smythe. The couple were escorted into the arena by Con Smythe and Premier Leslie Frost. Leafs captain Ted Kennedy then skated up to the couple in their royal box to greet them. He would say on the instructions he received, quote, 
Don't speak unless they speak to me. I call them each your royal highness. I don't bow, just shake hands and bow my head slightly. End quote. In the arena, more than 14,000 people were at the game. Sports writer Ed Fitkin would write, quote, Princess Elizabeth's eyes sparkled as she intently followed the play. She recoiled slightly at the heavy checks and talked and smiled with Mr. Smythe frequently. End quote. Daniel Lewicki, a player for the Leafs, would say, quote, It was a very exciting day for us, just to think she would be there. End quote. The game ended in a scoreless tie, but Kennedy said that it was the most intense 15 minutes of hockey ever played in Maple Leaf Gardens. The couple would then visit Windsor, where there was a massive crowd of 500,000 people who had come to the city to line the 20-kilometer route to see the royal couple. Many of the people in Windsor had also come from the United States for the visit. From Detroit across the river, America joins the welcome to the royal visitors in Windsor, Ontario. And in sight of America's great car building center, Windsor's mayor demonstrates a gift for Prince Charles. At Jackson Park, thousands of children have a date of their own with a princess and learn that they're to have a day's holiday to mark the visit. At Cornwall, Ontario, a crowd of 20,000 cheering citizens broke through the police barriers and began to swarm around Prince Philip and Princess Elizabeth. The train was only making a 15-minute stop, but there was not a serious disorder, and after a short wait, the train was able to pull out. Reaching Winnipeg, the royal couple were greeted by a howling prairie storm, but that didn't stop thousands of people from once again greeting the couple. It should also be mentioned that when the royal couple visited in 1939, it was also raining heavily. While in Winnipeg, the couple would also see a performance of the Winnipeg Ballet Company. At Winnipeg, a plastic roof shields the royal couple against bitter weather as they drive through 17 miles of streets lined by a quarter million people. Dear Lodge hospital nurses and war wounded have a grandstand view thanks to the transparent hood built overnight because of a sudden threat of snow. Now they're waiting for the princess to visit Parliament buildings. Gateway to the west, Winnipeg gives the royal couple a glimpse of the warm welcome that lies ahead of them through the rich prairie lands of Canada. Indian Head, Saskatchewan would actually get an unexpected visit from the royal couple when the royal train stopped there for 10 minutes. Most of the crowd were not expecting to see the royal couple, but then the train suddenly stopped and the couple walked out to wave to the crowd and greet the gathered children. Through the journey, Princess Elizabeth tended to be unconcerned with the arrival and departure times to ensure as many people as possible could see the royal couple during stops, as well as for other reasons. The Windsor Star wrote, quote, Princess Elizabeth seems the only one unconcerned about arrival and departure times. A royal staff member described her as very easy to get along with. She never hurries anyone and she refuses to hurry. At least twice she had delayed the morning departure from the royal train by unhurried dressing, while Philip idly flipped through a magazine in their paneled sitting room. End quote. In Regina, Princess Elizabeth would praise the government of Tommy Douglas, which was beginning its steps to universal health care. She would say, quote, As I stand now before the legislative building, I feel deeply impressed and conscious of the truly democratic basis upon which the affairs of the country are carried on. End quote. In Calgary on October 18th, liquor stores were required to close for the two hours previous to the visit by the royal couple. This was done to ensure staff members could go and see the royal couple, although it may have also been done to keep any sort of rowdiness to a minimum. In Calgary, she would see one person in the crowd named S.G. Woodison. He had spent 20 years as the superintendent in charge of safety at Sandringham House, the royal family's home in Norfolk. 
the princess would greet him and say that it was nice to see him. Westward again, to the foothills and the cattle country, to Calgary. You couldn't call it stampede weather exactly, but we put on a show for them anyhow. A sort of baby stampede. We drove them out to the grounds of a stagecoach. The old Truro and Pictou Mail. Same one her great-grandpa used in Nova Scotia on his royal visit 90 years ago. from the reservations and cowhands from ranches far and wide. The boys are bound they'd put on a show, so we wrapped our visitors up good and let her rip. Nobody let on that it was kind of dangerous to come to the ground being frozen so hard. You get thrown on the ground like that, there ain't no spring to it. You don't bounce like you do in summer. Anyhow, it went off pretty good. And I think the royal couple got quite a bang out of the show. They went over to the Indian village, too. And the Indians put on some of their dances. little dog of the Blood Indians and Mrs. Heavy Shield from the Blackfoot tribe gave them some presents to take back home to the kids. Yes, sir, it was quite a day for cowboys and Indians. I figured the princess and Philip are going to remember Calgary all right. On October 19th, in order to ensure that the Princess Elizabeth could greet children, Vancouver decided to forego presentations to her and instead ensure the children could greet her. The Vancouver province wrote, quote, That Princess Elizabeth has made it emphatically clear that she wants to see as many Canadian children as possible, and further, children by the thousands have waited long hours, blue with cold, while officialdom introduced itself indoors. Pat Proud thinks that if the princess knew how these kids have been kept waiting in the cold, she would have been very angry. We think so too. Princess Elizabeth is a mother and a gracious young woman, end quote. Princess Elizabeth would say of the rain and cold weather, quote, I thought about how all those school children lining the route and about how cold they must be. I was cold myself and I was in a car, end quote. The Royal Limousine passes through dense crowds up Oak Street and turns into Shaughnessy Hospital grounds, where the royal couple visit first the Red Cross Lodge and then the Veterans Hospital itself. As the royal procession circles in front of the main hospital building, veterans and hospital attendants are rewarded for their long wait. Princess Elizabeth is greeted by George Darby of the Department of Veterans Affairs and conducted inside the hospital to visit and chat with veterans of three wars. But this can be only brief, for still other loyal crowds are waiting patiently in the rain 
A miniature Thunderbird totem is presented by a little Indian girl. Another bouquet, presented by a young lady who is pretty excited and nervous. Now, everyone sees Princess Elizabeth, the mother, brimming with affection, putting the little girl at ease, and making her day wonderful and complete. After Vancouver, the couple took a destroyer to Victoria, where hundreds of thousands of people on Vancouver Island welcomed them. At this point, the couple took a three-day holiday. The Edmonton Journal reported, quote, The press called off its forces, and they spent their holiday amid the mountains, forests, and streams of the island, doing only what they wished, free from the wearying official receptions, presentations, and welcomes of the previous two weeks, end quote. Around the same time, the private secretary to the princess would state that she was doing well and was fit as a fiddle. He would add, quote, There is no question about their tiring, and it can be categorically denied that there is a question of curtailing the tour, end quote. On October 27th, the couple left British Columbia and arrived in Edmonton, where they were given a huge welcome. Just prior to that, 3,000 people in nearby Edson jammed themselves onto the railroad station to see the royal couple, who were stopping for 20 minutes in the community. Elizabeth would tell the crowd in Edmonton, quote, Yesterday, we left the west coast of Canada, and this morning we climbed through the Rockies and the famed Yellowhead Pass, the traditional route of explorers and fur traders on their way to the Pacific. And now I am very glad to stand in this fine city of Edmonton, the gateway to the north, end quote. In Saskatoon, a Mrs. L. Halloway would relate how her father was a sergeant in the police force in Windsor, England, and he would often keep the way clear for Queen Victoria. When she was a girl and going to school, she would often see the Queen go by. As a young woman, she would enter the service of the grandparents of Princess Elizabeth, and she would state of now seeing Princess Elizabeth, quote, Unless you understand how I admire and watch our beloved Princess Elizabeth, and although I shall see 84 years pass very soon, I will have the honor with my daughter to be present at the station to welcome Princess Elizabeth and Prince Philip, end quote. On November 7th to 8th, the couple visited Halifax, where they retreated to heavy rain and high winds, but that didn't stop 50,000 people from coming out to greet them. And the tour would officially come to an end on November 11th, 1951, when the couple reached Newfoundland. Three months later, on February 6th, 1952, King George VI would die, and Princess Elizabeth would become Queen Elizabeth II. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Princess Elizabeth. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Pregnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., 
J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Rural Watcher Blog, Nova Scotia Archives, Toronto.ca, City News, Wikipedia, Toronto Star, McLean's, Ottawa Citizen, Victoria Times Columnist, Calgary Alberton, Windsor Star, Calgary Herald, Montreal Star, Vancouver Sun, and the Edmonton Journal. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.